Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what you hope for. I can't even remember. You hope for your own reputation to precede yes. any anything else. Brain. Correct. That's right. Yeah, that won't work. Um, but you don't obviously you don't um, office and together. Yeah, and we don't at the moment. So we are going to build a building for both groups because it oh, is a little okay. silly for us to have this office and him to have that yeah. one um, because we do have a lot of collaboration that's naturally happened yeah. over mm -hmm. um, the last few years. So we're gonna put everybody into one space. Okay. But yeah, we hadn't always, um, but I never, you know, I'm not really big on competitors. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I think uh, everybody meshes well with different people. Right. So you're gonna kind of find your, your people and that's who you're gonna work mm -hmm. with. Um, but we actually started meeting each other over some charity work. We were trying to raise some money for people, and, um, you know, there were some things that he needed help with, and there were some things that I needed help with. We're very different. Our strengths are very different. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, what does this look like? You know, just throwing it out there. What does this look like? Mm -hmm. And um, so we kind of courted on that for 14 months. Oh, my gosh. Like, and no one knew until two days before. And then That's our awesome. phones started blowing up. And so the very last day, it was like 3 p.m. He's like, my phone won't stop ringing. I was like, I tell you what. I said, why don't you turn it off and we'll go to Bay Oaks and just play golf. I said, the day will end. Right. And then tomorrow we can take care of business and everybody will know. Yeah. And he was like, okay. Yeah, good plan. Yeah, I mean, what, what else are you going to do? Because right. if not, you're just going to mm -hmm. agonize over it. Right. You know? He was such a, um, a great mentor to us when we were planning to build um, our office in Leak City because he had just gone through the process. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they're difficult. Place and uh, yeah, he, getting, he really warned us of a lot of what to expect that we wouldn't have thought of ourselves. Yeah, he was, he was I think, was that 2015 or 16? I don't remember. That sounds right because he's been in his building seven years last month. Okay, that helps me with the timeline. Yeah. So probably 16. It all goes like that, man. It's crazy. Yeah, and then of course, 16, 17, and Harvey hits, and then we're dealing with that for a couple of years. So because obviously the neighborhood I live in, yep. my house flooded. Yeah. I wasn't one of the three lucky people. Yeah, I got it. So that was, that was interesting. And uh, after we got our house ripped out, ripped out and dried out, I told my wife, I was like, I just have to go back to work. Because if I don't go back to work, like tomorrow, my group is not working. Mm -hmm. And that's not going to work. Yeah. You know, we have all, like, I understand we're, most of them, most of us did not flood that work there, obviously. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of odd man out. Like me and two other people had water damage. Everybody else was fine. At the time, I think we only had 12 people. Um, but like those nine people need to go back to work. And I knew that they weren't going to right. until I got there because we were all helping people, right? Mm -hmm. yes. um, right? But after about a week or two, we were like, okay, now we have to, all of the properties that didn't flood that we had contracts on, we need to get them reinspected and close them. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. So that started that. And that really trained us for like 
feel like we've had one of those every year almost. Like the free. We haven't had a normal real estate cycle since. I mean, the 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 freeze was a whole thing too. Everybody had to get reinspected. So. I'm 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 just about done with having once in a lifetime weather events. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm living one every year. Exactly. Yeah. I'm holding my breath this year. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You ready? Okay. So audio and everything's good? Okay. Well we'll since it's rolling, we'll just start with whatever questions you guys have. We'll just go back and forth and then once we get done with the questions you have, we'll just kinda open up like what's our story? What brings you here? Where? What's the, what's the community part of it? You know what I mean? Because you don't stay in business this long, without being plugged into your community some. Absolutely. You just don't. I don't think so. Right. So. Right. So whenever y'all are ready, we'll start with, whatever questions you have. What are you gonna do? There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'll start. I um. I had something that I've been uh, thinking about lately and wanted to ask about. Um, When I got into the business in 2003, um, that was right at the real estate boom. Mm -hmm. And I recall um, many homeowners uh, in regards to mortgages chose an adjustable rate mortgage at that time, what we call an arm. Sure. Um, And that was due to Again, rising mm-hmm. prices, um, somewhat of a lack of inventory, not really what we're experiencing now. But um, fast forward to 2022, and um, I believe it's close to 90% of homeowner mortgages today are fixed interest rates. Mm-hmm. So with the real estate industry changing now and affordability, um, for homeowners being somewhat of an issue, uh, or could be an issue, do you see adjustable rate mortgages returning for those homeowners who would like to try to get into a home? I know it's a risk, Mm -hmm. um, but do you see those returning at all to the market, and where do you see maybe that going? Yeah, that's a great question, and we're we're already seeing them return on jumbo products right now. Um, Chase, U.S. Bank, they're very aggressively priced on the jumbo product with adjustable rate mortgages right now. So we're starting to see people take advantage of those. Um, We have changed in the lending world. I was in it in 02. That was my first year. So on the lending side, the way we used to qualify people when they used an adjustable rate mortgage and the way we do now is completely different. Now you have to qualify on the completely adjusted rate, right? So it's like whatever you qualify for plus two or three percent, if you qualify for that, then we will give you the adjustable rate mortgage. Interesting, because it was not like that. It was not that way. Yeah. Got into the industry. Correct. A lot of home buyers good to hear, were easily uh, or more easily uh, qualified on right. an arm versus a fixed mortgage. Right. So we're really yeah, we're really focused on affordability past the adjustments now that's a it wasn't that way before uh before it was just if this number makes the system say yes we're going to run 
but now it's very much and that a lot of that came from you know dodd frank and some of the additional regulation it was like if we're going to do these loans then we want to see that people can not just afford the minimum payment but they're going to be able to afford the adjusted payments so we're going to take a um you know whatever the arm rate is plus two or three percent that's now your qualifying rate so if they can still pay that like let's say today instead of a five you would get a four they would say well if you can't pay a seven you don't get it if you can afford a seven we'll give you the four and it's lower and you can play the market a little bit right uh, the other thing is the terms on the arms are a lot different now we used to do a lot of two-year arms right. um, the three is still there but uh, seven year is a good arm a lot of people don't stay in their home seven years right so seven years is not a not a super high risk product because you're probably not living there still um, you can even do 10 year so if you do those and you save a little bit of money likelihood that there's going to be a risk there is low so i think they've adjusted the way the product functions to where it can have a place in the market we're not seeing a ton of it right now because there's been a lack of liquidity uh, in the secondary market when it comes to arms because most people that would use an arm right now would use it to go from like a five to a four or five, right? Well, if rates go to four, they're going to refinance that. So they don't want to buy those. Not a lot of liquidity in it. When we get into a stabilized rate market, kind of like we had in that mid-2000s, and, and also, to be honest, 2010 to 19, rates were kind of mm -hmm. the same all the time, right? right? So yeah. when we get into that, then you start seeing investors put liquidity into adjustable rate mortgages where you might save a half a percent. And for maybe a veteran, right? Veteran, if, if they're PCSing, they have a three-year deal, maybe they take a seven-year arm. They're not going to be here. Um, that even covers if they get signed up for a second term here. That would cover them. So I think there's a place for them, but the way that we execute them now mm -hmm. is a lot safer on the back end. So they're not going to get hit with something that they never really could afford to begin right. with. Good to hear. Obviously, that's the thing that we we talk about quite a bit is, um, you know, with home prices escalating the way they had just in the past two years, yeah. anything 15 percent year over year kind of stuff, um, which I think we're finally starting to see some of the rollover sure. based on HAR's uh, most recent numbers. Um, but you worry about, you know, we have such this huge millennial generation, and they're all home buyers now or want to be. Yep. Um, but obviously never having owned a home, you know, they, 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 I think they have in mind the price of the home and they can kind of, mm -hmm. that's what they kind of fixate on. I'm thinking, thinking back to us when we first bought our first home. We were just all drilled into, okay, what's a monthly payment? Yeah. What's a monthly payment? What's a monthly can't afford it? Yeah. And then taxes go up Insu or insurance. Everything goes up. up. Which all of those are creeping up. So, so we worry about these young folks, our sons, uh, getting into a home. And if they do some kind of a, you know, in, you know, some kind of a flexible uh, payment, yeah, yeah, and then you what's got that going to look like? Insurance hit them, and okay, are we, now we're looking at another kind of uh, problem with foreclosures, mm -hmm. um, but qualifying them at the at the higher expected rate, I mm -hmm. guess. And this, I, there's questions. Does that is that two to three? Is that kind of is that a depending good on the pro part? depending on the program? It's going to be between that two and three percent. Yeah. So if you're, if you're doing an adjustable rate mortgage, and let's say it's a five-year adjustable, and your first adjustment can be up to 2%, well, they're going to make sure you can absorb that 2% on your qualifying. Yeah. And the reason is, is that gives you a whole year to refinance. 
right? If you have a 2% adjustment, you can afford, we know that you can afford that. And likelihood is if it's a five-year adjustable by year six, likelihood is that your earnings are better. Potentially your debt load is more manageable. As we get older, most of the time we're managing our finances a little bit right. better. So the idea is that you would, you would be able to, if you could afford it then, you should definitely be able to afford right. it three to five years from now. So in that same uh, line of thought then, what is, you say you've seen a few of those, you guys, uh, arms, what, are there other, I guess, creative financing vehicles that, that you guys are finding useful to help these, mm -hmm. the young, particularly the millennials? I think those are the ones that are being impacted the most sure. and being pulled out of the market because they have so much competition between you know, price escalation, these huge investor, uh, institutional money coming yep. in and buying up entire freaking neighborhoods. Yep. Um, and then, of course, you know, these call them rogue states that basically went locked down. Transient. Yeah, so Transient those, those buyers. A lot of population yeah. who have, uh, you know, we've been so blessed here in Texas. We still are. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously we're shouldering now. Sure. You know, we're, we're, we're seeing the repercussions of, of all of that. Of the money. Yeah. And so what does that do to, the, to those millennials, those first-time home buyers? What are you guys using to help get those folks into properties? Or is it, you know, how do we help them, I guess? Right. So two things, yeah, so two things, I don't think we can help them on price. Yeah. Because if history tells us anything, prices might um, get stagnant when rates go up. Do we think they will go down? Maybe not, probably level. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if rates go back down, we expect them to probably start to go up again for price. So the most difficult situation for our current group of first-time home buyers, which is one of the largest groups of home buyers ever mm -hmm. in the history of right. the planet, is you have to understand 2003, you start, 2002, I start. We've seen six, seven, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, a 24-year-old home buyer has only really seen rates at three or so. Mm -hmm. They've not experienced anything other than that. And it's hard to tell them that Rates have only been in the twos ever in the history of mortgages for 18 months, and we just lived it. Yeah, right. And they're really not supposed to be there. Right. You know, right. they don't they don't deserve to be there. That was 100% a please don't collapse the economy exactly. measure. Um, so a return, you know, my rule of thumb is 4%. Right. If you have 4% rates, 4% unemployment, and 4% appreciation, things just kind of run. Okay. So when we get there, you have to be prepared to pay 4% in interest. Um, one of the things that I think right now, I think in this moment, and we're talking August 2022, I think there's an opportunity for buyers where you have a little bit less competition. Mm -hmm. I think we have a little bit more inventory. And if you can stomach a high four, right, the rates might come back to us. I don't think they're going to be that low, but I think the rates could come back to four um, on the other side of whatever our recovery is. And you can always fix that. But when they go back down, prices are likely to go up. We can never go back in time and buy the house for less, right? right? So one of the products that we've used, and it's really an old product that just recently has had a new purpose. And that's not a permanent buy down, but a temporary rate buy down. So it's not an adjustable rate because it's still fixed. But let's say you are a brand new homeowner and you qualify for a 5% rate. There are some homes that are having price reductions or improvements. Mm -hmm. um, so if you target homes that 
are sitting a couple of weeks and have price improvements. Instead of taking a $10,000 reduction, which is only going to save them $60, $70, you could ask for a seller paid temporary buy down. Okay? It's probably going to net the seller a higher net sheet. So instead of ten grand, it might cost them $7,500. Okay? You ask the seller for the temporary buy down, and what it does is it mitigates that rate for the first two years. So it's still a fixed rate product, but if you qualified at five, year one, you'd have a 3%. So it helps them ease into the payment of home ownership. Year one's three, year two is four, and then it's five forever. We think by the time you get to five, rates are probably low enough to refinance. Mm -hmm. But if every economist in the world is wrong and they go to eight, you still have five. Right. So you're getting to hedge both sides of the market. And what happens is you don't have to reduce the price, right? Because you're giving a concession instead. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's likely that the seller net sheet's higher you don't drive the price down of the neighborhood, and the buyer is saving anywhere from four to five hundred a month year one versus sixty, seventy bucks a month for a price reduction. So we're using that product a lot right now on our first-time home buyers to kind of ease them into that payment. Because if you have someone that's like, look, I'm gonna wait this out, uh, seventy bucks doesn't get them off the couch, but five hundred gets them interested in buying. And right now they've got an opportunity because there's less competition. But again, we're qualifying them on the fixed payment year three. We're just subsidizing year one and two. So they get to ease into the payment. Can you say that's an older product? It's an old product. Oh, yeah. We were, I mean, oh. they were using that when I started. So it's a seller temporary buy-down. Mm -hmm. It's the same as kind of like a contribution. Same as a concession. Same as a, you still use the 12-1 AB? $500 directed towards yep. a buy-down for the limit. Correct. Yep, so you're going to put it in your same concession spot mm -hmm. and then special provisions that will be credited towards seller paid buy-down. Mm -hmm. And uh, instead of a permanent buy-down, which is where you might pay a point, right, which yeah. is 1% of the loan amount for a quarter point off your rate, you're paying whatever, it comes out to about 2.5% from the seller, right? You're going to get that money from the seller and you're going to get a point off your rate year one and two points off your rate year one and a point off your rate year two. And then when you get to year three, you have the fixed forever. If rates are higher, keep it. Keep the five. Right. If rates are lower, refinance. Right. We're working on a pipeline of people right now to create affordability. And we're going to have title companies partner with us to reduce fees, make it easy for them. We're paying for their appraisals on the refis. We're keeping them in a drip campaign. So it's all about, like, let's get you in now and make sure that we can continue affordability later. But they have a chance right now to buy when there's less people involved. So that's obviously a conventional loan. And what's I can do that on conventional FHA, VA, or USDA. Oh, that's great. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Well, it's all about how your company is set up because you have to be set up with the ability to subsidize the payment, right? So my note rate might be 5%, but we're taking that money from the seller, putting it in escrow, and we're subsidizing it to 3% year one, 4% year two. Right. Now, here's the, here's the really cool part. And this is where I really think everybody wins. Let's say rates go down a lot and they still have money left. Well, you don't want to leave that on the table. So if they got eight grand from the seller, but they've only used five, that three grand when they refinance is a principal reduction. So they, don't, they never lose the money. Where if you bought the point, if you paid a point, 1%, to buy your interest rate down, if you paid 4,000 to buy it down and you refi, you lose it. It's gone. 
but on this, at least you get it as a principal reduction. So everybody that we've, everybody that we, right now it is, and it has a place. Every product has a place right. in a market, and I feel like this one has its place right now. Um, will it still be used when rates go back down? Probably not, because when rates were three, nobody cared about getting a one. Right. You know, you can afford it. It's no big deal. But right now, mentally, optically, we don't like seeing five and six percent. We want lower. So this gives them the ability to get in. I mean, it could be as low as three something right now. Yeah. Because, I mean, I have given, I don't even think I can say this on a camera. So I'll say it and then I'll have compliance look at it. We've had, we've had, yeah. Well, what I was going to say is, is like, we've had some of our, um, veteran clients and high qualified conventional clients and high qualified FHA clients. In the last month, there's been liquidity return to the secondary market for mortgage-backed securities. So we've seen some four, high fours, right? High to mid fours. If you use this product too, now it's high to mid twos, year one. So now you can take someone that has that in their head and you're like, well, we can give it to you for a year. Then you go high threes, then you go high fours, right? But you're going to stair step with me and then it's for forever. Or if it goes lower than that, you do the refinance later. Yeah. So, I mean, it still can be extremely competitive. But it saves them a ton of money first two years. So why wouldn't a uh, second home buyer or a veteran home buyer use that program, or do they? They do use them. Uh, we're starting, it comes through education, right? Mm -hmm. I'm doing these videos. I'm going to talk to um, teams like yours every week. No one's heard of it. So... Right now, I'm this lone ranger out there trying to educate everybody in our market about this product. Well, and getting a seller concession hasn't been the easiest thing over the past two years either. Sure, but now if you're targeting, if you're targeting, well, or the other thing is, we just reduced it 10 grand. Okay, well, how about I offer you eight over where you are now, and you give me that concession. You just reduced it. It's the same thing. I mean, you know it's the same. It's money here, money here, right? So that seller, if you're already from 330 to 320, if I give you 328 and you give me the eight back, it's the same. Mm -hmm. um, you so you can target those. Yeah. It's not necessarily um, you target. targeting uh, that hot property that hit the market this morning, and they have six or seven offers. And I think in 30 to 60 days, when they're starting to do their searches, um, we've got to get rid of the stigma that if it's been around eight days, there's a problem with it. Right. Right, Absolutely. so we're starting to go. We're starting to get to that point where people yeah. are like, "Well, it's not that; it's just a normal real estate market." Right. We're now back to what we like to call reality. Right. And uh, you know, the last two years were great, but selling your home That's in sustained. four hours with seventy offers right. is not not where we live now. Right. But there's still a market. There's still an established market, and it. I think it's still very strong mm -hmm. in our area. Um, but things are going to garner. Uh, the price that they should, not 50000 over. And the other thing I would say to a millennial buyer is, would you rather pay 50000 over at 3% or the current price at a high four? If you do the math, you would not break even for nine years. So be competitive in, in, in a market that probably lends itself a little better to you. Any other questions from you guys? 
Have you ever heard of that product? No. Everybody I talk to has never heard I have of it. A name. Have, it's like just it really it literally is just called a temporary buy down, and you can use it on conventional FHA, VA, or USDA. The whole trick is it, it only makes financial sense if the seller pays for it. That has not been an option the last three years. So now that so now that we're transitioning, this has a place. It's got a powerful place. It has a powerful place. Have you, heard, have, you, um, have you guys, I don't remember where we heard this, maybe I read it somewhere, that there's um, now, and I don't remember the, the term, was it a 40 year or what, but extended beyond 30 40 year loans. fixed mortgages. Mm -hmm. Are you seeing those? What are your thoughts on those? My thoughts on those aren't I great. I imagine, obviously, you know, like you said, you know, sticking in the same place for even seven years. Right. Yeah. These days, it's just so it's another situ it's another situation where, as an investment firm, why would I pay a premium for a forty-year mortgage when I know they're not going to be in it past five or five to seven years? So what we're seeing is is the pricing is not that much better, and believe it or not, if you look at an amortization schedule, stretching it out from thirty to forty, the savings is not significant. Yeah. It really is. It's not like going 15 to 30. 30 to 40 is not that much of a savings. And I don't know that it, I mean, I guess we're living longer, but I don't know that making people qualify on a 40-year term is the right thing to do. Right. You know? I mean, the word mortgage comes from death contract, right? Mm -hmm. That's how it's directly related. Right. Uh, I don't think we should really be enforcing that. Yeah, no doubt. But 40-year mortgage feels like right. oh, that's okay. what it would be, you know? Could you imagine being, you know, 55 or 60 and downsizing into a 40-year mortgage? Mm. No way, man. I don't think it's a smart thing. Um, I don't know what the long-term answer is to affordability because things are going to continue to go up. Um, the ultimate answer is, is we have to find a way to, as a society, create value where we can demand good pay because you have to make money to keep up with inflation right. period right um, and I think that this will get into something completely different but you know you have to relook at the model of like do you go to school and get this degree and are you able to leverage that for the amount of debt that you took out and the time that you missed um, making money and learning real-life experience does that leverage anymore we have to rethink right. if that model makes sense because, I, I, I mean, people that learn a trade, I've told my, my son's 14, right? My daughter's a, a sophomore at A&M. My daughter is made to work at a company, okay? Yeah. She's studying zoology. She wants to work with exotic animals. She loves it. Yeah. She'll be able to do that and provide, right? Um, my son is different. My son has an entrepreneurial spirit. I love it. And what I've tried to tell him is, I said, son, the only way that you're going to be able to provide for you and anyone else that depends on you is you have to learn a skill. And it doesn't matter if it's with your mind, your heart, or your hands. But you've got to become extremely good at something that you can leverage so that people need it. And if you can make it something that's fun at the same time, great. You know, try to do that. But we've got to rethink that whole model. You know, and it's t I never thought I would tell my 14 year old, like, look, if it's not for you, it's not for you. 
but you got to learn to do something. Mm-hmm. But that's. In the short time, you know, we do the same thing with our boys. You know, we send them to Texas Tech. And, you know, when was that, 2012 mm-hmm. that they left? Mm-hmm. Um, so not long ago, just within the past 10 years, but my, my perspective totally changed. Yes. I don't know if you can leverage it anymore. I don't know if you can. When you look at ROI, the ROI on university studies is not what it used to be. It used to be, and some of it is because of cost. Exactly. Right? Yes. When it was 5000 a year and you spend twenty to go make 65 year one, that makes sense. Right. But when you're paying 25000 30000 40000 a year, you never leverage it out. And then they get into student loans that are a whole other thing. And so, you know, we're trying to make sure that our, we don't want our kids to graduate with student loans, if there's any way that they can avoid it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's a personal choice of ours because being in our industry, I see people all the time. We see mid-level health care workers with a quarter million in student loans, yeah. and they can't buy a home. Right. And I don't think that's right. right. I don't think they should be able to lend a person that has no income a quarter million dollars mm-hmm. to get a job that pays $70,000. Right. And I think that institution's broken. Mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of um, Americans and families revisiting and having this discussion for the same reason. Well, what's difficult is with when, you know, usually most families, some are blessed with more, but most families only get to have three generations at a time, right? So when your oldest generation had a way that worked, and then the middle generation is where it started to change, and then the youngest generation, it doesn't work, it's really hard to have those conversations. Because, it, you know, you're only two generations away from things changing completely at any time. Ideologies, anything. Mm-hmm. So when the, when the whole game changes in two generations, it's hard. It's hard for us to be like, well, that was good for me, but it's not for you. And it's even harder for a child that is not fully developed mentally to be like, well, why is that so? Right. Why was it okay for you and not me? Right. It's a different time. The world is completely different. You know? Moving ever so quickly, more so than um, our parents' generation. Well, and you know. Generation. With technology, um, you know, it's harder and harder to keep up with how quick things are changing. So I had a question. Mm-hmm. Um, Today being Thursday, August 11th, mm-hmm. 2022, what are today's rates, average 30-year fixed? Because I have a feeling we may look back on this video in three to six months and um, be curious about this subject. And I've seen over the past six weeks on various real estate contracts anywhere from 6.25 to yesterday 4.65. Um, so. so we have locked some loans on 30-year contracts anywhere from 4.6 to, like you said, and on the first-time home buyer, maybe down payment assistance programs, and maybe even higher than what you're talking right. about. We've even seen sure. sevens sure. on some of those contracts. I would say on your really good qualified buyer today, mm-hmm. you're looking at that mid to high fours, um, which is palatable, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't know if it's going to stay there. I believe that this last two weeks uh, we've had a temporary reprieve because with the inflation report that came out yesterday, we had priced in a much higher hike than we think that they will do since inflation has 
cooled somewhat. Um, but I don't think we can take a victory lap yet because if you really strip out um, energy and uh, what's the other one? Energy and like produce, if you take those two things out of the equation, it actually went up again, 0.3%. Uh, gasoline's off 17%. That was 80% of the reduction of the inflation report. There's a lot of reasons people use less oil. One could be because it's too damn expensive. So if people just drive less because it costs more, okay, it comes down a little bit, right? And that is kind of how economies fix themselves. Now there's more supply because people refuse to pay for it, so now you have to lower the price because you have more. But we're not seeing that in grocery stores yet. Your eggs are still expensive. Eggs, dairy, meat, produce still out through the roof. When we start to see those come down, that's when we know, that's when we know inflation is coming down. We have some indicators now that showing there's some relief. And because of that, we don't think the Fed is going to act as aggressively. That lets us have a little bit of rate reprieve. Right. But if we don't see lasting results on the next report, they could go right back up. So we don't know. I'm not ready to take a victory lap yet on one good report. I would agree. Because you strip some of these things out. Like we can see with our eyes faster than the reports can mm -hmm. manage expectations, right? I, I, I still have to pay $5 for milk even if inflation came down 2%. Right. So that, to me, it's not there yet. Um, but you know, you do have lumber 60% off where it was in March, steel's off 30, building materials are coming down, so you could start seeing some of that, which will stimulate the economy too. Right. Um, unemployment numbers did go up a little bit, and the jobs report that we had last week that looked awesome, half a million, half of those are part-time workers. So when you strip that stuff out, continued unemployment was up by 0.1%. So, I don't know yet. I think, I, it's good to see something go in the right direction, and I'm hoping it's the, the first domino. And if it is, great. Um, but, but I agree, not a victory lap no, yet. No, not yet. I read recently that the household, American household, debt has risen to 16 trillion in the second quarter. Predominantly mortgage rates, mm -hmm. uh, auto loans, student debt, and then day-to-day -day living. Mm -hmm. So it appears that a lot of Americans are starting to charge credit cards again to find relief in that day-to-day -day living, which you know could possibly affect and future housing because yeah. debt to income ratios change and they are you know charging just to live day to day. Well the short term um, revolving accounts and auto loans are the first ones to be affected by the Fed rate. Right. So not only are they charging more but they're charging at a higher percentage rate. So that has secondary and tertiary effects that take months to catch up with people. Um, the one thing that we have going for us is most equity we've ever had in homes. So you might see some people shed their 3% rate for a 5% to do a cash out and cash pay their debt off. It. Mm -hmm. It's still a vehicle that makes sense because math doesn't lie. If you got 2,000 going out and I can make it 1,500, that makes sense. Because at the end of the day, it's money in, money out. Right. Doesn't matter what your interest rate is. So I think that's still a vehicle that we're gonna be using probably come spring. I think you're start seeing that pick up. I'm glad you mentioned that. I don't think that we talk about that enough for homeowners who don't plan to move or sell anytime soon. 
but want to take advantage of the equity they have in their home to be a little bit more comfortable in those day-to-day expenses. Yeah, I mean, you can, debt. Mm-hmm. Okay. you can you can weaponize it. And the other thing that people don't think about is if you're not necess- if you're like making it okay, but you have a lot of revolving debt, it might even make sense to pay it all off and put it on a 15-year. So then now it's all into a fixed rate, but now it's on a 15-year term that's going to be done. And you accumulate equity at such a faster pace um, where, you know, now credit card companies have to disclose to you if you make the minimum payment, this is how much it will cost. So we do have people that are paying attention at least now. um, But the cash out refinance will always have a place because we're a debting nation. Mm -hmm. We're just a nation of debt. We want, we want it now and we'll pay for it later. Right. Um, so your equity in your home and anyone that's not buying right now, you don't have this option because you're not accumulating wealth through your real estate. Uh, that's maybe another thing we can educate millennials on. Um, this is a good weapon to put to use to, to, to offset your debt. Yeah. We've, I mean, we've been doing that. We've been doing that forever. Mm-hmm. It's still going to be lower rate than anything you're paying on your credit cards. Right. If you get a cash out refinance tomorrow at 5%, it's going to beat every credit card in your wallet, right. mm-hmm. period. So there's always going to be a need for it. And right now we have the most equity we've ever had. We have the most debt too. So those two are going to have right. to battle it out at some point. Right. But yeah, at least you have, that. but at least you have the option yeah. if you're a homeowner. Yeah, exactly. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, we'll clap for that. And we appreciate you guys being here. We're not gonna, we're not gonna say bye. We're gonna do the other part. Do you want to turn the fan on for a minute? Oh, I'm good. Okay. Actually. Just double checking. Okay. I'm gonna uncross my legs for a second. Is this framed fine? Yep. Okay. I'm gonna switch legs. Yeah. I really appreciate you guys coming. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. It's good to change it up. You get in a rut day to day. You mm-hmm. know, you do. So it's um, this definitely was a change up. I think Bo remembered yesterday, what do we got tomorrow? Oh, got that video. Okay, what do we have in the morning? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you made it. Yeah, it's nice to, you know, change it up. And for me, it's nice to get everyone's perspective because I'm not doing this to get people's business. I'm doing it to learn. You know what I mean? Like, y'all's business and how you run it's different. Everybody's different. What are you seeing? What are y'all seeing that I'm not seeing? Um... So for me, it's value. You guys get some videos out of it. Um, we get to know each other a little bit, but also, if nothing else, now you know about that product. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to go back to what you said earlier was educate. I love that you are educating even a seasoned realtor, two seasoned realtors. Um, I love that you're educating us as well as you know you learning something absolutely from us but as you mentioned that product and your perspective on the market and yeah where we are and the economy and consumer confidence and all those things that are part of our business yeah day-to-day. Um, it's good to sit down with someone in the industry um, from a different aspect sure um, and talk about everything that we talk about every day in our business someone in the mortgage side yeah, I appreciate that. I, I, I'm I'm somewhat of an eternal optimist, so I can be a little annoying when the housing market appears a certain way to other people. There's opportunity in everything. Yeah. In yeah, everything. I can appreciate that because you and I both got in the real estate 
industry and real estate mortgage market um, about the same time. So we've seen so many levels and so many aspects. And I remember in 2008, um, I was at REMAX Space Center with a lot of wonderful seasoned agents, some of them still there today. And literally running around, it was August of 2008, and Countrywide had declared bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. And you would have thought the sky was falling. Oh, yeah. Um, and I remember them just, oh, this is it. I've got to get out of business. This is the end of it. And I remember thinking, well, I've been in it for a short time. How can I take this and turn it around and be the best in my area? I didn't know what I was afraid of because of the inexperience and just coming in where they had, you know, sure. been in, in an easier market. I didn't really understand, so I used that to my advantage and um, just seemed to work a lot harder at sure. that time and pulling out of those. But um, So I think just going back to being you know, optimistic, I feel like I've been through just about every market in real estate in 20 years, which is a short time. Sure. In addition to Hurricane Ike almost destroying Galveston County, which is a big part of our market. Mm -hmm. um, the photos devastating, the, the damage, the property damage. I thought, how are we going to come back from that? That was 09. Mm -hmm. um, then we had Harvey in 17 and then the freeze that we've talked about. So in between those major events in our local real estate market, then you add, you know, the, uh, the fluctuation of the interest rates and the economy and the changing of administration and the COVID. consumer confidence. Mm -hmm. So um, through 20 years of a real estate roller coaster, I still feel very optimistic about any market that we are heading mm -hmm. towards. And I think that just comes with an innate, um, an innate um, what's the word, but a part of me that I know I'm a survivor, and I know if you always give first-rate service, yep. you work hard, you run an honest business, you do the right thing by your clients and your customer service and your business relations, um, that I feel very optimistic that yeah. I can get through any market. I'm the same way. I, I, I think what people don't understand is on the mortgage side of things, and maybe this is the reason I'm so optimistic all the time, when you look at all the different products, I feel like there's something for no matter what's happening. There's some sort of solution that can help no matter what's going on um, in the market. So I always look at, okay, well, this is what we're doing now. Or, okay, well, this is what we're doing now. But if we cannot get the word out and we can't educate people, then they don't know. I need you guys to tell people about temporary buy-downs. And I need other real estate teams to tell people about temporary buy-downs so that when you bring it to them, they're like, oh, okay, we're doing that. Okay, cool. I mean, it's really a seller concession, but if everybody knew what it was, then when you bring it to them, they're like, oh, okay, we're doing that. Okay, just send it to me. We'll sign off on that. Um, and until we get to that point, it's really hard to execute. So we're having to teach and explain every single time we do it. And we have this really good calculator that just kind of breaks it down for you real quick. And um, we're having some success. And I think we're going to have another six to nine months where it will have a place in the market. But we just got to keep... I'm just going to keep shouting it, and the more people we can get in front of, the better, because I, I think it works for right now. Absolutely, and you know, in real estate, we say there's a buyer for every property. Sure. And I think that holds true with the mortgage industry, because going back to 2017, after Harvey, 
we were all educated on renovation oh, yeah. and renovation loans. Um, so going back to your point, there's a product for Everything. each phase of the market and same you know, with real estate. So um, you I know, remember learning a, a lot about mm -hmm. the renovation. Yeah. Loans and mortgages. We were even leveraging. We were even leveraging uh, renovation loans during uh, COVID because if you couldn't find a four-two, well, what if you could build it? What if you could take a three-two and we add a new master suite? Could we do that? Can we? Can we look at a different? Like we're just not finding anything. Okay, well, what if we look at these? But you could build out your master suite however you want. It's just there's some there's a way. You know, if you're if you have tenacity, there is a way. And you're gonna, and you'll, and you'll be fine, you know. Um, but I wanted to touch a little bit more on what you were talking about earlier. So you're at Space Center. Um, you're early in your career. You're having success. What was that moment that made you say? And maybe at the time it wasn't. I'm gonna do Synergy because you didn't even. Maybe you didn't even know it was Synergy. But I'm gonna go do this, and I'm gonna do it this way. What was it? What was that thing? Um, well, first, when was it? And then second, what was it? So I um, got my real estate license in 2003. Um, pretty much hit the ground running, was very green. Um, worked extremely hard, even as hard as I, I work today. But um, as I mentioned, there were a lot of seasoned agents in the business. 2008 came and they started transitioning you know, out of the business. So it, I learned a lot of grassroots community involvement early on. And I believe that I have held true to that. I mm -hmm. think it's very important. And then when Bo joined me and he got his broker's license and we purchased our own franchise, Remax Synergy, uh, we carried that into our, our business today. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it was about 2010 when I realized after working seven years, <laughs> seven days a week, 24 hours a day, I realized, you know, I can't be all places all the time to all people and continue to give great customer service. So it was about 2010 that I started thinking about building a team mm -hmm. and I got my first assistant that could uh, handle my paperwork so I could go out and sell more homes. Um, and then about 2012, Bo joined me. He joined my team. He got his license. Um, and then the rest is history, I guess. We bought the franchise. We realized that we, Remax Space Center um, was in Clear Lake and they later opened in Lake City. Um, and I enjoyed being a part of Remax Space Center for many years. I wanted more of a footprint in Lake City. Sure. Um, so when we saw opportunity there, that's when we decided to go ahead and purchase um, our franchise and open it in Lake City, and that's when uh, Bo joined me. So that's how we transitioned from kind of Clear Lake to the Lake City area. A lot of growth and boom down there. So uh, he joined me, and from there, he started uh, recruiting team agents mm -hmm. and, and growing the business while I still focused on what I love, what my passion is, and that's working with clients, whether it's showing property and real estate or um, sitting across from the breakfast table in a very intimate 
private, uh, confidential uh, situation where you really have to listen to the client and find out why they're selling, where they want to go, and everything that's a part of their life for that decision that they're making. So still to this day, that's what I focus on most. And Bo holds down the fort at the office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the business side of it, which I never dreamed. You know, I was, uh, so I guess my, my story behind how I got involved, um, just never, like we talked mentioned earlier before we were on camera, uh, you know, we never, some, we just never dreamed, you know, we'd be doing a loan with no. a mortgage broker or real estate. I, I knew nothing about the, the business. Um, so my background was, uh, was medical. I was a re registered nurse, um, did critical care for about 10 years. Um, while she was launching her, kind of coincided with, with her. We had, we had twins and launched a nursing career and launched a real estate career all pretty much in the, in the time span of about two years. So, you know, just jumped in feet first like we always do. Um, but, yeah, so I, I did uh, nursing for about, about 10 years and then got into a medical consulting position. I was fortunate enough to okay. try that um, with a company out of Indiana. So I began training um, on hospital beds, acute care uh, beds, okay. different products that we sold. And so that was kind of my introduction to business. Okay. Prior to that, it's all science. I was just a science nerd and a history nerd, and I loved, you know, just all science. Never thought about business as a registered nurse. Yeah. Um, other than, you know, staffing scenarios, you know, and cost and, and overtime. But when I, um, when I got a taste of business and marketing um, and sales through the, um, through the medical device company, that's kind of where, you know, my, my ideas started to change a little bit and my you know, kind of goals. And that was a great job. I loved it. It was cush. I could, I could train. I had this kind of small triangle that I traveled pretty much all of Texas, a little bit of Oklahoma. Um, and so you go to the hospital, I'd work with the nurses who I was going to mm -hmm. agree with, and I mean, it's just a great job. But that's when 2009 or 2010, I guess it was 10, mm -hmm. when, when things just, the brakes, you know, hit the economy. And all of our positions were let, were let go. All the clinical consultants, there were 30 of us mm -hmm. nationwide with this particular Fortune 500 company. Um, and they released all of those positions. They're scared just like everybody else. So they're clamping down, tightening up. Um, so I, uh, and that's, about, believe it or not, I mean, she, her business is still growing at that time. I think she had, looking at her numbers, she had one hiccup, Rookie of the Year, by the, by the way, she didn't mention that, at the Remax Space Center. And she ramped up every year. I think 09 was the only year that, that, that it was flat. Um, and then 10, you know, continued up and yeah. on. And then it just, when it became a team, it um, doubled. But, um, but yeah, she was, I, I would say it was out of uh, a necessity, you know, that we became a team. Um, because, I mean, she, I don't, I still to this day don't know how she manages what she does now. But even back then, the, the caseload or the client load that, that she could manage, uh, of course, those were times that she'd literally be on her computer in wee hours of the morning, oh, yeah. three, four in the morning, and then, you know, back at it at, at eight or nine. Um, so, naturally, she needed help, and, and it just kind of fit, kind of, the timing was, was right, you know. I, I, was, I was in a transition. I knew I didn't want to go back to the hospital. I was 40 at that time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
starting in a critical care or a hospital when you're in your 20s, it's a little different than, than in yeah. your 40s. You know, it's just, it's just a different game. Yeah. And and just being gone that five years in the hospital, so much had changed technology-wise. Sure. You know, I, I remember taking a full page of notes on, on just trying to discharge a patient from the unit versus before, you know, I mean, it was, you just do your basic things. Well, now you have all these different steps. And, uh, so it was a different game. Um, so I knew I didn't want to go back to to that. Um, sales were still, those positions were hard to come by. You know, companies weren't hiring. Um, and I liked the marketing and advertising stuff. So I started doing some stuff with her on, you know, filming and videoing um, properties, uh, get a, cr- a camera and a mic, and we go play around and do these five, six-minute long videos. <laughs> Um, it was fun, and I enjoyed it, and I had time to do that when I was doing sales. Mm-hmm. So I could do some fun stuff with her, um, and uh, but but yeah. So then we we decided in 2012, let's just go for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's just go for it. We have nothing to lose. All in. We have nothing to lose. I mean, the, the business was there. Um, obviously, it was it was scary, you know, mm-hmm. being completely dependent on commission. Um, I'd never been in. You know, I always had my salary, which was a good salary as a nurse, and then of course in, in the consulting position. Mm-hmm. Um, so being dependent 100% was a mm-hmm. was a bold leap for both of us, um, but we made it work. I mean, fortunately, we had a good a good market um, in a great area, and we still are fortunate for that. But um, yeah, I mean, her she definitely uh, you know paved the way with. Her own brand and, and just you know the way she had attacked the market, and, uh, but yeah, we grew as it, it came out of necessity. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, I think that, <clears throat> and I'll tell you a little bit about about my story in a minute. It's it's kind of parallel to yours, but no one's going to care about your business more than him, right. obviously. Mm-hmm. So that's what makes that great, and then having some leverage, because being the producer. Having any amount of leverage means you can go produce more. Right. Right. Um, so a little bit about my story. Same thing. We started around same thing, around same time. O two. Um, did some producing. Did some managing. O um, eight came and I was like, man, I might get out of this. So I worked a little bit in title for like two years. Ran a title company. And in 2010, I said, well, I'm going to go back at it. I'm going to take another run at it. So. Um, had a couple of guys I'd worked with before at Countrywide, right? And we decided, well, let's give it a shot. So we partnered up for about six years. Five of it was great. Um, but when we talk about that moment, like what was the moment that got me to do my own thing versus what I was doing? Um, you know, when, when we started, it was endless opportunity, right? Like we could do anything. We could build anything. We could create this amazing thing. And, you know, what's all the things we didn't like about our past places and let's not do any of those and let's right. make this whole, right. like, amazing place. And uh, that stayed to be the genuine goal of all three of us for about five years. The last year, things started to change. And I was like, look, we haven't opened another location. We haven't really grown. Like, I, you know, we need to get maybe not just focus so much on League City. You know, maybe if we go to Sugarland. You know, because Houston's so big. Like, if we really want to grow or scale something, maybe we start from scratch somewhere else. No, I don't want to do that. And, um, you know, some things were changing with loans and um, 
rates and you know there wasn't as much revenue there for a couple of years in the mid-teens and um, my focus was growth and their focus was just profit doesn't matter uh, you know and and I don't I don't blame anybody for wanting um, to make as much as they can for the time they're there and and not really have to work the extra hours if that's the goal that's fine but that wasn't the goal when we came together mm -hmm. right so now we're not aligned um, so I walked through, I remember I walked through the middle of the office and everybody just looked beat, you know, nobody had energy. You could tell they didn't want to be there anymore. So I went home and I told my wife, I was like, look, I know things have been pretty good, but like, I think I have to quit. She was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> she was like, I don't think so. My wife's a nurse also. She was like, uh, no, that's not going to work for me. I was like, well, okay. So like a month later I came home. I was like, now I'm not happy home. He's like, okay, well, then you have to quit. So I hadn't done a loan uh, since 2010. I was 2016. I didn't really know anyone. I'd been doing operations because I'm an operations person. So day one was me and my wife. That's it. She had learned to process to help a little bit. So we just opened it with uh, faith that we could do it, you know, uh, bet on ourselves. Same thing. She uh, started nursing less and less and helping more and more. And um, when we finally got to a point to where she didn't feel like it was necessary for her to work here, she's like, I'm going to go back to what I love, which is being in the OR. She's an OR nurse. Um, she's like, you're fine. Uh, but yeah, that was the story. And now um, my biggest thing is making sure I don't ever lose sight of that, making it a place that people want to be. Mm -hmm. So as a leader, you know, like every leader has their thing, like with your group, I'm sure there's something that you're like, no matter what, we're going to keep this part of our culture strong always. Mm -hmm. And uh, ours is just, you know, for me, it's if this isn't absolutely the place you want to work, I'll help you pack your box. Absolutely. That's right. Mm -hmm. but, but I will work my ass off to make sure it is. Right. You know, and we've had, we've had very low turnover. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, we've had good growth. Um, we have across Houston, we have eight offices. We got about 120 people. And we hope to do 500 million this year in loans. Year one, we did 30 million. But, you know, same thing grinding, leverage, finding the right people. Um, you know, not everybody's a perfect fit. We've had people, some come and go, but for the most part, we've learned to, to find the ones that are the ones that should be here. Right. But we're not for everybody. Right. But the ones that we do think should be here, I think we've got them here. And that's been a, that's been a good formula for us, but that's n you'll never see any of that anywhere. Like we're not we're not the bragging type. Um, we're telling a story, so I'll tell you. But you know, we'll never post that. We'll never talk about that stuff. We'll talk about community work because we think that everybody should give back to their community, and we're real big about giving back to our community. Um, we have two big events every year that we do. One is the Realtor CE for veterans. That's a big fundraiser for us. And then we do our golf tournament every year in October, which uh, that's grown too. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that you mentioned that I'm going to touch on, one of our businesses is we have a commercial construction business that does uh, the pneumatic tube systems for hospital pharmacies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you were doing nursing, you had the medicine chest yeah. or locker, yeah. right? Um, I don't know why it took so long for them to figure out, but pills miss come up missing. You know, when it comes time for giving everybody their dosages. Right. So now all these hospitals are 
either building with a centralized pharmacy or they're retrofitting the centralized pharmacy where they have like when you go to the bank and you send the thing up that's how they get uh you know you send down orders now they pre-package them and they come up through that so you only get exactly what's supposed to go out to the patients now um so when you were talking about things changing that's one of the things i thought about i was like yeah i mean they i can't believe it worked that way for so long you know and there's a lot of that a lot of that stuff you know licenses changed Everything's so much more regulated now. It's just, you know, you have more to lose, obviously. Yes. So, and that's the same in our business, too. You know, you guys have Trek. We have um, Texas SML, Savage and Mortgage Loans. Mm -hmm. Like, we've got, there's a lot of risk right. to what we do. Not if you do a good job, but, you know, the reputation over time, if you continue to do a good job and pour into your community and treat your customers and employees right um the rest kind of works but it does and i think it's important um to stay in line with um your beliefs your convictions and what works for your business and uh, i remember when covid hit and everyone was um you know staying home and at that time, we were looking for our office mm -hmm. building, our brick and mortar. We knew that we wanted um, to no longer lease an office space on I-45 and construction. And sure. It was terrible. Um, and we were looking for our own uh, commercial building. So um, I remember a lot of folks in the industry um, not necessarily trying to talk us out of it, but um, kind of reminding us that brick and mortar was gone. That, you know, you uh, everything is going online, everything is virtual. Um, but he and I talked about it and being established in our community uh, with an office, a local office where we can hold events for clients, um, hold events for our agents, team awards and things like that. A place to come together to be involved in charitable work, whether it's mm -hmm. uh, you know preparing meals or accepting uh, Christmas gifts for kids and charities that time of year. We thought it was important, and uh, so that's when we transitioned into our current location, uh, which is Remax Synergy mm -hmm. on Calder Drive. And I just have to um, thank my husband for his vision and that property and what he's done. Sure. And uh, it was an old, ugly 1980s house, and we bought it. That's another story, long, very interesting, funny story. Uh, we bought it, and all of the renovation was him, and even working with the city on rezoning it commercial and all of the restrictions that that entails and uh, the parking and mm -hmm. ditch, things like that. So. Um, Going back to that, that was a time when we questioned, okay, everyone seems to be going virtual, and do we really want to continue moving forward with a brick-and-mortar office in our community, having agents come to the office? And looking back, I'm so thankful that we didn't veer from that mm -hmm. because I think that is a big part of our success. Even through COVID, we continued to hold our weekly or monthly, we did go down to about monthly meetings with 
staff and agents voluntarily if we wanted to. Yep. Um, and we just continue that footprint in Leak City and in our community. And I think that's been uh, a big part of our continued success. Yeah. Um, and so he's done a great job with, with our office. And that's one thing that we've held true to is we want, uh, you know, a brick and mortar footprint in our community. I, you know, I, there's, I don't think that meeting in person is going to go out of style. If anything, I think COVID made people want it more. I think we were moving to this, like, disassociated, don't look at me, I'm going to put my head down and work society. And I think COVID drove us so far into it that now on the rebound, people are like, I need people. Right. Absolutely. We, we, under, we understand again that we need human connection where we were moving away from it a little bit, I think that that's come, that's, it's making a comeback, human connection. I mean, we're building a building right now, and you could argue that no one needs one, right? right. Same thing. But we're building it because we feel like it's the only way you can actually be rooted in your community, period. You know, you got to be able to know, like, there's the fairway building. There's the synergy building. Yes. You know, we want it to be a landmark in the area. And, you know, I just, I, I personally still want to come in and work every day. Yeah, I'm the same way. And I think you also have to, people have to be realistic and honest with themselves. Am I as productive at home as I might be? I would say less than 10% are. Exactly. It's the top producers and their top producers. They're going to work no matter what. Yeah, it doesn't matter where they are. They know what they have to do. They, you know, and they're driven. They're, they're top producers for a reason. So, yeah, no matter where they are, those people are going to produce. Yeah. But the overwhelming majority of us, myself included, I need, I need interaction. I need that vibe. I need, I need to get out of my comfort zone, which is the house. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so but I, how do you train a new person? How do you train a new person virtually? No doubt. you got to be in the chaos to learn. Right. you got to be around the conversations. You have to be listening to other people's problems right. so that you can learn. And if you're not, if you're just at home, how do they even learn how to write a contract on your side? Right. And on my side, how do they learn how to do anything loan-related? You know, we have a million-point checklist. If you're not in here learning every day, how do you do it? Right. I don't know how to train somebody via Zoom for what we do. Right. There's just too many points of inflection. There's too many things that can change. There's too many variables to not have this and appropriately learn this business, right. in my opinion, if you're going to do it right. Yeah. right. If you're going to really serve clients the right way, Absolutely. there's too much to learn to do it virtually. Mm -hmm. Our weekly um, meetings at our office are typically on Wednesdays, and Bo and I will usually discuss, you know, um, updates in the industry, local real estate news, any um, revisions to TREC forms, you know, mm -hmm. and, mini educational session, um, and then we get into open discussion. And open discussion is my favorite because all of our agents, you know, have the opportunity to share something, um, maybe that happened that week or an open house or situation. Um, and just going back last week, one of the topics, I thought, wow, in 20 years, I would not experienced that or heard that. And without that, um, you know, those the collaboration and the networking together within our office, how do you 
continue to learn and sure. grow and transition, um, you know, as, as a professional or as a team or as a company. Yeah. So. Well, I think leaders inherently want the people. You know what I mean? You want to be able to lead. It's hard to lead when you don't see people. It's hard to make connections. It's hard to know. Yeah, I mean, like, I know everybody's spouse and kids and pets and everything. How do I learn those things if you're not here? How do I take an actual interest in your life if I never meet you? It's very difficult. Um, okay, last thing, because we're at 3.30. So I'm going to, one of the things I like to talk about is leverage. Okay, and when I talk about leverage, I'm talking about, you know, it's 2022. You can hire anyone to do anything to save you money, right? And sometimes when people think about leverage, they think about, well, if I make X and it would cost me way less than X to do that thing, I should leverage that out, whether it be mowing your grass, blah, 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 whatever. So what is something in business and in personal that you choose to leverage and pay someone else to do? And then what's something that you keep just because you like it? Even though it might not make financial sense for you to do it, you just do it because you like it. I'm just, this is just a personality thing. I, I like to learn about, like, what do people leverage? Because, I mean, there's people that are like, everything. I leverage everything. I don't wash my cars. I don't mow my grass. People come and cut my hair. Like, I, everybody comes to me because my hourly rate is so high that my ROI is low if I do any of it. And then some people are like, well, I just like mowing my grass. Yeah. So I do it. So what are those things for y'all? What do you pay someone to do at your current age that at 20 you never could imagine you do? Oh, definitely, you know, work around the house, you know, grass. Yeah. We have help with that, with cleaning the house every couple couple weeks or so, every two or three weeks when yeah. somebody come through. Yeah. We don't make much mess. It's just the two of us in the house. Yeah. Day, so we, you know, we have the we have the, the bedroom, the kitchen, and the media room. That's what. We That's the three places you go. That's used in our house yeah. nowadays. So. So we do a pretty good job of maintaining yeah. cleanliness in those. Um, the other ones are just dusting because yeah, exactly. no one goes in there. Exactly. So we'll get help. Yeah, I, I would say it's around around the house, although I enjoy doing you know yard work. It's a, it is a time factor for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, because when we're not, when we aren't working, you know, and, and, and obviously we can work seven days a week, and, and you never know, and you can't, especially markets like now. Yeah. Things kind of slowing down a little bit already in July and August, which is what we're seeing. Yeah. Um, you you got to you have to work whether you got plans Saturday or Sunday or not. You got to work. You got mm -hmm. you got a call come in. You're taking the job. So um, so yeah, we we we'll I, I think that that time that we do get back from not having to worry so much about house maintenance. Um, you put it into work. It's beneficial. Yeah. 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 You get ROI on that. Now, what is something that you just keep, you don't leverage or you don't pay someone to do just because you like it? I would say for me, um, from a business perspective, is our, uh, probably our, our, our the, the numbers, the okay. books and production. And yeah. It's just more of a, not that I, it's not so much of a trust thing. Now, my mom obviously helped significantly with that. Um, she's battling uh, cancer right now, so, and doing really well, fortunately. Great. Um, yeah, so that, that came about, I guess, about within the past four, five, six months. Mm -hmm. um, so I've, I've taken on the bookkeeping as well as, you know, bill, bill, bookkeeping production and all of those things. But I enjoy it. That's the part that I learned also with business, with right. Rom, the company that I was with. Right. Uh, that, that part, it, 
once I learned about business, I actually went back to UH Seals and, and began working on my MBA. But that's about the time that we were like, okay, look, what we're going to do? We're going we're gonna to go with it or not, and we decided to go with it. So I, I stopped pursuing that, which, like we talked about earlier, probably mm -hmm. didn't lose any money. No. <laughs> probably wasn't a bad, yeah. a bad choice, uh, given the cost that it would have taken. Um, but I, I, I learned to love the business side of things, you know, the, you know, the, the numbers, the, mm -hmm. the data, you know, the, the trends, all that stuff. Um, so I like that. I, I, could, I could farm that out. And we do, obviously, we have a CPA that we trust our most you know, important sure. things too. Um, but the day-to-day -day tracking yeah. and trends, yes. you like That's to keep me, that. Yeah, and yeah. our production, and even, even, even to the extent of our contracts. Yeah. Because when I meet some contracts and agenda, that's me. Yeah, I could, I could. Because I'll meet. I do, but I don't. Yeah, because I, I mean, I'll just tell you, I have met with people that they go all the way from I don't farm anything out to I get six spreadsheets a day, yeah. and and I manage my whole business from six spreadsheets. So everything in between, I've heard. Yeah, but I, what I, I mean, think, I, I think I might like to be in that position. Well, what? <laughs> but, well, I, you but, gotta have. You always have to have the right people because yeah. how do you trust to that point? <laughs> Um, so yeah, let, I mean, that's ultimate leverage, but I'm always interested in the thing that you decide to keep also. So what's, uh, let's go back to you, 20 years old to now, what's something that you never would have thought you would pay someone to do? Oh gosh. Uh, well, let's talk about business first yeah. because I, I really, um, professionally, I believe I've learned to leverage my employees. Yep. Um, and, um, in those positions more than I did even 10 years ago when I fired my, uh, hired my first assistant. Um, is that trust, is that trust or necessity? That. Did so, that start from trust or necessity? Um, that started from trust. Okay. For sure. And, um, where five or six years ago, I had probably three W2 employees, mm -hmm. um, having different uh, positions and, uh, you know, job titles. Um, now it's down to two, and okay. um, a lot of that is has been trusting, you know, individuals more. And I think the it first started with necessity yes. in 2010 or 11. Uh, and going back to Bo, he's so great with the numbers, and I never really knew my numbers as a top producer. Yeah. And, a lot um, of them don't. Uh, the assistant at Remax. You're, working on the next year. you're just working. Exactly. You're like, look, man, I'm just working. Why are you asking me yes. for this data? Yeah. And um, Buzzy, my previous broker, who I just adore, he's been very uh, good. Very successful business guy. And um, yeah, I have a lot of respect for him. Uh, came to me and said, well, gosh, you've just finished 111 transactions individually you're number three in the state um and you don't have any help you don't have a team uh so we had that conversation and that's where well, came from necessity yeah. in that position in my my first assistant so it just, it just um, still blows my mind i mean you're talking 100 plus and deals. then one, one person 100 deals a year mm -hmm. no help no help yeah and 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 clients i mean and never drop the ball yeah clients left or re repeat re referrals i mean it's i mean it was it's just, uh, it's just insane. So I've learned, I've learned a lot about leverage. Yeah. Um, so personally, I mean, I think you just have to go with the girly stuff, you know. Yeah. I never think of color my own hair or doing yeah. my own nails or my own toes or. Yeah. You know. So just pay people. All that stuff. All that yep. Stuff. Yeah. Yep. Um, I am very frugal though, 
and a lot of people don't realize that about me. Um, I recently purchased a new vehicle. Okay. Um, and it's a nice one. Okay. I had 20 years in the business. I figure I might as well get what I want. Well, we'll say that her previous car that she drove, she actually began real estate with, was an Infiniti QX56. And yeah. it was like a tank, man. Went through two, re two wrecks. We raised the boys in it. She began her career. And I don't know when you actually, well, until we got this, which was 28, 20. Yeah. It was so she 16 drove it, put two, years I drove that 225,000 miles. That's a lot. Paid off way, you know, way yeah, ahead of time. didn't have a car note. So, and the reason so. was because I was more interested in buying real estate than new vehicles. Sure. For a few years. Yeah, even more so now. And yes, even more Maybe so. Maybe an appreciating yeah. asset instead You're of right. a depreciating right. asset. Right. Imagine right. that. Right. So we own, I think, nine properties now total investment and real estate property so um, a lot of folks don't know that I am tend to be very frugal but she um, is our I, house is need some updates well my, so <laughs> my, my 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 wife this year's first time yeah money on our house in long yeah. yeah so yeah. there's 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 you gotta have one of each in every relationship my wife is very much like not necessary don't need that whatever and I'm like well that'd be fun you know um, so landscaping, pool, all of those things leverage. Yeah. I don't do them. I don't have time. Don't have time. Don't understand the chemistry. Don't want to keep right. the chemicals. Yeah, yeah. Like, it just, I, I don't want to do it. first month that we had the pool, I was like, all right. No, <laughs> I never had it right. Every time I went, it was wrong. Right. So you leverage that. That's the stuff that most people are used to. Yeah. What we've started doing recently, because now we only have one child at home, and then soon we're going to have no children at home, is uh, food like we're starting to order our dinners just dinners because the time that we get yeah. not making the food yeah. and and we eat a little better right. um, we're I feel like we're getting return on investment because it's not incredibly crazy it's a it's a private person that we know and she makes the just dinner just dinners right. um, but you know we know what we're eating uh, it's good food we're not eating fast food all the time, which in this business is easy to do. Yeah. It's very hard to eat right if you're not meal prepping in this yeah. business because you're getting pulled all the time. Um, so that's the, at 20, if you would have said, you're going to pay someone to do your dinners, I would have said, you're, you're crazy. Right. Mm -hmm. I will never do that. Right. But we get, we do get a lot back out of that. You know, we three, the three of us get to sit down together almost every night and eat. Yeah. Uh, and that would not happen. That would not happen outside of that. Right. Um, so that's one of those things that I never thought I would do. Um, and then the, and then the things that I keep are really weird because I'll just decide, like, I'll do that project. And it's probably going to cost just as much as I would have paid the person. But I'm getting enjoyment out of doing it. But I'm such a perfectionist that it probably took three times longer. Right. But I'm still fine with it. Right. So every once in my wife's like, is this going to be one of those? And I'm like, yeah, I really want to do it. She's like, okay, I'm fine. Let me know if you run into problems. But I just get one. I'm like, I think that would be fun to do. Right. You know, and she's like, great. Right. It's going to happen three times longer. Yep. But it will be better. I will take the time to make sure it's perfect. There's uh, something about um, just pride and completion. Sure. And being a project. Yeah, getting it done yourself. Yeah. yeah. We get that. We've yeah. been in the same uh, home for 20 years, 21 years now. So um, we've done a lot of those home projects, and we leveraged and others we did ourselves and learned a lot but um yeah yeah through real estate investing i mean you learn a lot right you learn 
do's, don'ts, materials don't have to be crazy expensive. You don't have to be married to uh, Brazilian cherry. Yeah. You can put laminate because you can change it. It's right. not that big of a deal. Not anymore, but you know it. You and I get the reference. The people in this room get the reference. But it had to be this thick, and you had to be able to sand it 15 times. And yeah, that's what they created quarter round for, I think. But I'm just saying. But yeah, I mean, you don't have to be married to anything. Everything's changeable. But, and trends go so fast, you know? Yes. We painted our cabinets. Now we're not sure we should have painted our cabinets. Or we should paint them a different color. So, I mean, mm -hmm. it's always, always changing. Right? Always. And if you do flips, you end up liking their kitchen better than yours. Mm -hmm. You know, you finish one and you're like, my kitchen sucks. Yeah. This kitchen is so nice. Yeah. My kitchen is yeah. terrible. And you're like, well, we can't do that every single time. You know what I mean? But yeah, we can let it go. Yeah, we can. That being on different pages, uh, we've updated most of our home except our master bathroom. And that's because we just can't agree. So it doesn't get updated. Yeah, by the time we get somewhat agreement styles change, yeah. <laughs> trends change. So you guys do the, the you guys you guys get a, you guys do the Pinterest boards. Like I like these I pictures. Do, and I get just like any other social media, I kind of get lost with it. Yeah. Well, if you haven't yeah, remodeled, if you there. haven't remodeled your bathroom in like 20 years, your fixtures might be coming back. Oh yeah. I'm just I, saying. I, I think your fixtures that. might be coming yeah. back. Yeah, because we're starting to see all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. And we see so many appraisals. I'm like, what is going on here? Mm -hmm. You know, and then you walk into you, you walk into some of these and they're just showstoppers. You're yeah. like, this house yeah. is incredible. Mm -hmm. And it'll probably still be out of style in four years. Yeah, yeah that's right. And you can spend so much money on it. And it's just. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they do change fast. Yeah. Change so fast. And remember, I'm frugal. So yeah, so you're like, not happening. Yeah. Yeah. But we've made it 31 yeah. years of marriage and 28 year old twin sons and our first grandson now. Twins are made. My, my wife is a twin. Uh, runs in her family. Yeah, my wife's a twin. And uh, we are having our 20th anniversary in 13 days. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. We'll officially have been married longer in our life than we haven't. I remember that. Yeah. I remember this that. is the year. This is the year yeah. that it yeah. teeters for us. So yeah. we were we we were early too. We just together from a very young age, and it doesn't always work out for people. But um, you know, she's a really great partner. That makes it a little easier because uh, you know it's not you know a lot of people call it quits, but she's an amazing support person. Yeah. Like she, every dumb idea I have to risk everything, she's okay with it and uh, you know without that it's always in the pressure is in the back of your mind mm -hmm. if it's not the the level of support that she gives so I appreciate that from her I can totally relate and I think it's the heart of a nurse it must be it's mm -hmm. the heart of a nurse it's a caretaker's yeah. heart yes. yeah taking care of maybe so maybe it's a uh, kind of like man it's really not that important I mean, we're talking about life and death here Right. Which is from a nurse. It is. You're like, you're like every time I'm doing something, it's someone's life, and I'm like, I don't know if I should take this business risk. And you're like, who cares? Yeah. Roll with yeah. it. We're dealing with big numbers. Yeah. You know, transactions. Your margins but change. Yeah. 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 The decimals change. Yeah. Still playing the same game though. He is reminding me that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys so much for coming. It's always fun. To, to dig in with a new person and 
I loved hearing your story and uh, um, anything that we can do if you if you want us to jump on and talk about that one product with your team we're happy to do it just because I want to educate people on that and um, when we have this stuff ready for you we'll get it we'll get it sent to you but I really appreciate it well, we appreciate you. Got a lot of parallels. Yes. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah. We appreciate you having us and the opportunity. And I feel like I learned a lot today about you personally yeah. and right. uh, the business aspect and your product. So, Same thing. Um, I enjoy it as well. Yeah. Well, it's been cool watching you guys grow and all of your stuff from, from over here. Because, I mean, we, everybody notices you're paying attention. And, um, you know, we want to get the perspective of people that have been here. A little bit. I want to get the new people's perspective too, because I want to. I want to know what they think. But across the board, you know, I appreciate you guys accepting the invite. Yeah. It means a lot to me. Yeah. So it's, it's an important project to me. So I appreciate it. Absolutely. Very yeah, much. We're, we're happy to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Glad you guys thought of it. yeah absolutely.